If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the ditch and the back roads stop Could you find me? Or would you kiss my eyes? Welcome to the midnight hour. Uh, you're back with your. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> We're back. It's uh-huh. MJ. I'm here with Steven. Yep. Um, obviously, second episode back, and we haven't had our, got our shit together. I've got my shit together. I don't know about you. So Everything sounds way better. It's so much clearer. I like this. Uh, the game we play in the beginning of these episodes where you play a song, and I have no idea what you're going to play, and it's always something surprising. So how'd you introduce the song, and then how did you okay. come up to choose? Um, how did you choose it? Uh, so the song I played to intro this episode is the song Astral Weeks off the album Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. It was his second solo album after departing the band Them. Uh, good band. Um, I was watching a document. I've been watching a lot of music documentaries, you have. actually. Uh, I noticed I've I always like music documentaries, but uh, it's kind of hard to to find good ones on a lot of the streaming services, except I realized recently uh, that Amazon Prime, Prime Video, has a whole bunch of uh, music documentaries. So I've been listening or watching uh, pretty much anything I can find that's remotely interesting on there. Isn't the formatting of a documentary so important? Because that's what really keeps me engaged. The formatting, but also, like, how old is the documentary? That's true. Like, does it look dusty? Um yeah, I, I don't know. It, the formatting is definitely important because there's some documentaries like there was this one documentary that I was watching on the band The Replacements and I really like The Replacements. Wait, are The Replacements the Friends group? No. It's oh. the Rembrandt. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there's no reason I should know that <laughs> off the top of my head like that. Uh, anyway, uh, The Replacements, um, good band. I'm not going to go into them right now, uh, but uh, they had a documentary on um, on Amazon Prime. But their documentary was pretty much I, the formatting I didn't like because it was just kind of talking about each album, like going album by album mm-hmm. talking about it. I didn't like it because it's like, no, I want to hear more about the history of the band. Tell me about interesting moments and stuff like that. And there was a little bit of that, but ultimately I didn't I didn't even finish it. There was a couple that I didn't finish. Um, some because they just got annoying. I watched a I was watching a documentary on Brian Eno and it just got annoying the way people are talking. Mm-hmm. They're all very super into his genius, and I was like, I just want to know about when he. Produced I want to know about the, the real heads. man, you know, the real man or woman. I don't really. I'm interested in the work a bit, you know, but like, I don't know. Some of it's just really annoying, and like, when you're doing a documentary, especially on on musicians or artists of any kind, you kind of want to play it up a little bit. You want to make them seem more interesting, or you want to make them seem more like dire and important. But a lot of times it's just like, 
you're doing too much. You're talking too much. Without this song, or when they played this song for the first time, I started crying when I heard it live. Like, no, you didn't. Shut the fuck up. You know, sometimes music is supposed to evoke the emotions. I know. There are many times where I've cried in a song, and then like I felt like empowered or um, sad. What other feelings are there? Felt it all over every song. Happy and <laughs> no, I I get that, but like, there's I feel like it's in every documentary where somebody will be like, the first time I heard them play this song, I thought, wow, this is this is it. This song will change the world. Like it's. But I mean, they have a documentary, so exactly. it's kind of you kind of have to do that. <laughs> um, there's a line in the song that says, "Would you kiss my eye?" and I would kiss, kiss your kiss eye. Kiss on my eye. I would kiss on your eye. Why not? Mm-hmm. That song has probably, I think, I think that whole album is one of the top five albums all time. Wow. Like front For sw- you or in general? Like you think. <laughs> I, I think in general. Is it as top an album. five albums for you? Yeah. But with that being said, on that album, it's, it's an interesting album, I think, because it it was put out in a time where albums weren't really the thing. Mm-hmm. It was singles, and then you kind of just fill it out with some other songs. But that album is an album, like... From beginning to end. It's retroactively looked at as, like, a concept album. Right. But it's not really a concept album. It's just there's a concept, like, that all the songs kind of relate to. And all the songs kind of have a similar uh, sound and feeling to them. Mm-hmm. But there's not, like, any real singles on that album. Um, so I wouldn't say any songs are, like, in the top... Is this before... Brown Eyed Girl? Brown Eyed Girl was the first single off of the first album, off of TV Sheets. Okay. And this is the second This was after. Said, so after this, he got a bunch of like jazz musicians together. And his the producer of that first album, and he produced a couple of the songs from them. He died un, like unexpectedly. So he was like, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. So he... Uh, Van Morrison has had a very interesting career. Wait, I won't he's go still really alive, though. He is. Uh, one of the best... Probably the best... Irish. Did you see him when you were in Ireland? No, I didn't see him when I was in Ireland. What is he not on the scene? No, and also he lives in Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Soon to be uh, no distinction, I think, because I think we'll get a unified Ireland You're and, it, and an independent Scotland. What if there's another war between them? But the war was because of the separation. Oh, okay. So they're going to be united. Yeah, they didn't separate because of the war. Do you think South Korea and North Korea should unite too? <laughs> a unified Korea. That'd be um, really weird. I don't know. I don't know enough about the situation there to really speak on it. Yeah. What other countries are separated like that? It's like one land, but North and South things. Dakota. Wow. <laughs> West Virginia and isn't yeah. is Cambodia separated like no. that? Oh, okay. Uh, we could talk about. I mean. Not really. We shouldn't. We shouldn't talk about any of this because we don't know what we're talking about. We could talk about like partition in India and the <laughs> Pakistan, uh, India, and yeah. Bangladesh, and Pass. how that's uh, that's separate. for another day. And how they're systematically murdering currently in India all of the Muslims. What I was going to transition to, yes, um, is Valentine's Day. Mm, so, a very lovely episode. <laughs> so today is Valentine's Day. Yes, when you listen to this, it won't be, but I don't care. February fourteenth. How is many Valentine's the day it lands on? Yeah. Oh yeah. How many Valentine's days 
have we spent 13. together? Thir- 13. 13th Valentine's Day as a couple. Lucky 13. Yeah. Um. I, do you buy into the whole Valentine's Day thing? What's there to buy into? Flowers, candy, um, chocolate, romance, love, you know, things that are red. Uh, I am going to... Uh, I was going to pretend that this is something, some profound thought that I had uh, or have had and held on to for a while, but uh, I'm just going to say I'm, I just thought about this while you were talking about <laughs> it. Uh, I think Valentine's Day should be looked at as a day where you reflect on the love that you give and receive. Do you know why it's the 14th? No. Oh, something about a St. Valentine, right? Is yeah, there yeah. like a history or something? I have, it? Yeah, I, I have a I song have. on my first album that is called St. Valentine. And do you know the history of St. Valentine? No, it had nothing to do with the history of St. Valentine. It was just a, Is he Irish? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what, what... I mean, a lot of the saints you would imagine might be, but Valentine would be... Oy, fuck. I guess <laughs> I it could be a Celtic name. Italian? Mm. I'm just thinking of Valentino. Yeah, but like Valentine sounds like Banatine, <laughs> is a Scottish last name. Um, yeah, I just, there was, at work they were like decorating the place and then I put together like a flower bouquet thing and I don't know, it's cute, Valentine's is cute, but I don't, I don't, I don't like the obligation of having to do things for these holidays. I think right. that's what the problem is. I yeah, and then there's like, and then it gets to a point where there's like such a big like cheese factor involved with it that uh, it just makes me cringe every time I think about like doing the the romancy things on Valentine's Day, paying you know double the price for a prefix not very good (laughs) menu. Yeah. Um. So he's a Roman saint. (laughs) Don't look it up. Uh, Oh, Roman, duh. Well, yeah, but like. Is, is that where he... Is he is? the one that killed snakes? No, that's... No, no. <laughs> that's St. Patrick. I oh. Which the snakes out of Ireland. Um, yeah, he was born in Turney, which is... Uh, if you push the snakes out of Ireland, don't they just go into the ocean? Yeah, fuck them snakes. But I love snakes. You love snakes. How but did you say that? But fuck them snakes, you know, in the same, in the same breath, you know? <laughs> you hate that which you love. That's... On this day. That's profound. So on deep. <laughs> On the day of the Val. So you're drinking beer again today? Yes, I'm drinking a Simpler Times lager. I bought this at Trader Joe's. Today's show is going to be about me, like, observing what you do and what... (laughs) And then, like, commenting on it. Do you notice that I shaved my chin hair? No. Not the rest of my hair? (laughs) No. Because my chin hair... Does it grow faster than the rest of your face? I don't know if it grows faster or if it just grows thicker Mm -hmm. and it gets darker. But, like, I get the, the weird, like, goatee soul patch thing. I get that much quicker than everything else kind of fills in. So I just kind of trimmed that down to make it even looking with the rest of it. Yeah, but, it looks fine. But not if you look close enough, because then you'll notice that these hairs are slightly longer, and then it looks like I have mutton chops, which is weird. It's a bit mutton choppy, I will say. Mm. Are you going to gonna take care of that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> We're going on vacation, so. Yeah, I've been in a good mood these past couple of days, because in my head, I've like already left. Like, I'm on vacation already. Yep. Without... We're- Leaving tomorrow. Sun and water and sand. We are going to be sitting on a beach in Hawaii, uh-huh. drinking fruity drinks. Hell yeah. Eating good food. 
Hell yeah. We've already scoped out a Korean barbecue spot. <laughs> we have we have two good spots in our hotel that are going to be uh, probably good and expensive. Yep. What are we going to have? We're going to have some ramen, Korean mm-hmm. barbecue. Hell yeah. I want to get some Spam something. Spam I still masubi. want my, my coconut drink. We should get a coconut Pineapple drink. drink. I want shaved ice. You want to drink your coconut drink, uh, your coconut like, pina colada or whatever uh, instead of a coconut if they have it. Uh, at our infinity pool on our at our hotel, the our infinity hotel pool. roof. It's on like the fifth or sixth floor. Oh, okay, <laughs> just there. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so this it's probably sucks on a podcast to just hear people talk about the vacation. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about my like mini panic attack that I had a couple days ago, where I was thinking about um the the trip and the flight and mm-hmm. everything, and I was just sitting on the couch just thinking about it and. And then my heart, I felt my heart beating really fast. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. And so I had my, my Apple watch on and I checked my heartbeat and it started off at a hundred. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me calm down. Let me calm down. And then like, I checked again and it was like 120 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack right now. Like, So what did you do? Um, I walked around a bit just mm-hmm. to be like trying to calm myself down. First, I sat there for a while and I was like breathing. I was like, okay, let's just breathe. Just breathe. Don't think about it. But then like I was so into like in tune with my body. Right. So then I started walking around a bit and then I was like, okay, let me relax. Let me put a face mask on. Oh, God. So, oh, yeah, so, I need to do that. Because it was like a spa Dang. feeling and it's really <laughs> relaxing to put on a face mask. So. I put one on. I was like, okay. And then I was like, it's going to distract me. So I put it on well, my yeah, face. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, it's something that you kind of have to be aware of. Yeah. You're putting it on. Like, it's I'm trying to take attention away from my beating heart. Mindfulness. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. Then what did you do? What do you mean, what did I do? I sat there. Where was I? You you were in the shower. I was can I was conditioning my hair. <laughs> I had my coconut conditioner in my hair, trying to moisturize my strands of my luscious locks, and I hear a, uh, a and then uh, I'm like, you know, what? What do you? What's what's up? And then you say. Are you still in the shower? Like, obviously, I'm still in the shower. You can hear the shower running. Not really. It's not that loud. It's, it's not. But are you still in the shower? And I say, yeah. And you say, okay. I think I'm having a mini panic attack. <laughs> uh, and you, I say. Were you worried? I got out of the shower, like, right after oh, that. Oh, you did? Aw. I mean, I know you did, but I didn't know you, like, didn't finish up. I was like, I should. I, I rinsed my hair. I got out of the shower. And I was like, okay, I should figure out if she needs anything. You have. Uh, anti-anxiety medication. I tried to do things on my own. The walking right. around, the face mask, the everything. Right. But then I was like, okay, I'm still not working. So I was like, I just wanted to let you know that I was having a, a panic <laughs> okay. attack. I think I'm having a panic attack. Bye. <laughs> just wanted to let you know, just in case. Yeah. So I, I can't relate. <clears throat> As I discussed on the last episode of The Midnight Hour, I am a jet setter. I fly <laughs> frequently, and it doesn't bother me. I am okay with flying. You do not like it to the point where it uh, freaks you out in advance of flying. Yes. I cannot relate. No. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I'm uh, glad you don't. Cause if I sympathize, yeah. but I can't empathize properly that's fine that's fine you don't have to i I'm or fine. no i empathize but i can't sympathize no yeah empathize is when you feel it an empath feels the other person's pain yeah no i i, I you feel, feel the, my pain but i can't i can't yeah 
No. Yeah, back to my original <laughs> one. I sympathize. Like you feel bad for me. I have sympathy for you. I pity you, but I do not <laughs> relate to your petty little simple problems. Well, I'm fine right now, and it's not peasant petty issues. or simple. Many people suffer from this. Your peasant mindset of, oh no, I am in an aircraft leaving. I hate this voice <laughs> that you do. It's the worst voice of yours. This is my ASMR. You do many voices, and that's one of the ones I hate. That's the one you don't like? No, there are many, but you that's, like that's one of them. You don't like my normal voice I don't like to you. pretentious douchebag voice. You don't like me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day, you fucking asshole. Nothing says love like an argument. Ooh, a quarter. That's been in there. Um. Uh, I was cleaning out my backpack <laughs> to, to get ready for our trip. Yep. Uh, and I realized I still had like seven or eight euro oh, in, nice. in coins. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's not real money. I don't know what's in my backpack because I use it. So I'm like, oh, I should we should really have a like, segment called what's in my backpack. I mean, right now there's nothing. I just cleaned it out. It would be a terrible segment. I bet I could like dig up one of my bags and be like, oh, this is in here. This is in here. <laughs> it's probably a lot of paper. Yeah, probably a lot of paper. Yeah. Some makeup. Um, yeah. Some random jewelry. Like I took off my earrings because I didn't want to wear them anymore. And I just stuck them in my bag and never never saw them again. A hair tie. A hair tie or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what's in my bag. This is the game that we play. It's a good game. Um, I was saying, uh, I was talking about work. Um, and how I've been... You know, I've been on vacation mode for the last two days, but my yeah. boss, it's funny. He, he's like, he's like, MJ, can I ask you a question? And I was like, sure. He's like, actually, never mind. And I was like, what? <laughs> Say, what is the question? He's like, well, I don't want it to be directly to you. So I'm going to open up to the other two people that were sitting at the table, at the, okay. at our desk. All right. uh, I know he and I always just have conversations and he's like across from me. So we're always kind of talking, but there's two right. other people, one next to him and one next to me. So it's like, I'm just going to open it for the table. He's like, have you heard of microdosing? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well, I was actually, like, I've been talking about this at work. Too. Oh, have you? Okay. So let's talk about that. So he's like, have you heard of microdosing? I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, is it? as common as people are talking about and i was like in the tech world i think it is it is so yeah, especially you especially you uh, i don't know anybody that microdoses i know people That's, that what is microdosing exactly it's taking minute amounts of a drug right right is there Typically, a specific drug because yes. i said coke no oh, no what is the shrooms that's uh, okay <laughs> so typically is it shrooms let me speak <laughs> okay. woman jesus christ uh shrooms occasionally yes uh, also acid. Yeah. Um, typically, it is one of those two. I thought it was coke because I, I, no. I, I, the coke and like Adderall to me are like similar in some. That's ways. not microdosing. That's just. But taking, taking a little bit of coke. No, that's not what microdosing is. Nobody does that. You put it on the tip of your tongue, Nobody and then you're does. like alert. Yeah. No, that's just taking <laughs> coke. The oh. point of microdosing is you take small amounts of a hallucinogen uh-huh. throughout a like a long period of time, uh-huh. usually a day or multiple days or whatever. And the whole point of it is just to kind of keep you in a state of uh, open-mindedness. So you can kind of think about new things, especially in the tech world. You know, you need to, you need like to innovate. Like your creativity. Right. So you take a very small amount, not enough to necessarily get high. Okay. That's the difference. If you're microdosing cocaine, you're not taking just <laughs> enough cocaine to like perk you up because you're taking enough cocaine to get high. Nobody takes enough. Nobody takes that small amount of 
cocaine. Why not? That's just not what happens. Why? So but, my, but heroin and shrooms? Where? Nobody microdoses heroin either. <laughs> what did you say? LSD, LSD oh, and bad. mushrooms. A psychedelic. They're like the same to me. All drugs are the heroin same Heroin and me. LSD are not at all the same. <laughs> okay. Very LSD, different. Fine. You do it by little amounts. Right. And it's it's supposed to uh, just kind of keep so you... what percentage of the world the the tech I don't world no would you say he was like would you say like ten percent and I'm like oh, sure like <laughs> um uh, sure I say of the broader tech world so okay let's talk about drugs in the tech industry just in a broader sense okay I I want to so uh, microdosing and hallucinogens I believe. If we're looking at 10%, I think that's about right because I think a majority of the people, a majority of that 10% mm-hmm. are in management or some sort of higher executive levels mm-hmm. or okay. something higher level. A lot of the lower level people are doing coke, uh, amphetamines of some sort, Adderall, those sorts of right. things. Right. That's what, that's what I'm thinking in my Even mind. in the world of, let's say, Tesla. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I know somebody that works at Tesla. Uh-huh. Maybe that person I know that works at Tesla said that almost all of the line workers take meth or cocaine spill it babe fairly regularly uh in at my job i've heard people speak about uh just kind of occasionally or or regularly even recreationally uh doing a a little bit of adderall here and there i had an adderall prescription for a while Mm -hmm. it was great i love it i miss (laughs) it i wish it would come back to me but i don't want to go to the doctor again um I think those are probably the most common things. Cocaine is a bit more common now than it was probably five, ten years ago. Because it keeps you awake. Right. Right. And what I I remember hearing this a long time ago, like Google, they can't prescribe. Obviously, they're not doctors, but they like encourage their so So uh, there's a there's there's a term that's more commonly used in like game developers speak Mm. and in the game developer circles. Okay, okay. But it's also very popular in uh, it's a common term. It's called crunch. So crunch is a term that if a manager is ever talking about it, you know, oh, we have to really crunch to finish off this sprint is something that could be said in, in software engineering worlds. Uh, but it's this idea that like we need, we, we have to finish 80 hours of work in 40 hours of work mm. hours. Okay. So uh, we need two weeks of work in one week. Right. And it's, it's this idea of we need to finish these projects. How are we going to do that? Well, uh, I'm going to crunch. Uh, and it's the same thing of like cramming when you're in, in college or, or trying to study for a test or something. But it's work and you will not get paid, especially in the game industry and especially in the software engineering world because a lot of the people that uh, – this is where I talk about things that are wrong in the world. And this last episode, we do it here. So – uh, because of late stage capitalism, we're in a we're in a phase of the world where a lot of these positions in both game developing and software engineering are what are called uh, precarity laborers, or more commonly referred to as contractors. Uh-huh. So they're there for a, you just punch the microphone. Uh, are there for you're picking your nose and you punch the microphone? <laughs> it happens. Um, so they're there for a short period of time. They need to finish off a project, and in many cases, where you're looking at. Um, deadlines in both of these worlds game developers have a hard deadline they need to put this out there same thing with graphic designers same thing with pretty much all of the tech industry except for my area it doesn't have too many hard deadlines that's nice in it uh because we're usually the only ones that are aware of things that are about to catch on fire uh but in a lot of other areas you need to push 
to make your deadline. And for contractors, you have to hit that deadline because you want to continue working uh, or because, you know, you're not going to be working anymore. And if you fail on a contract, that's going to affect it's going to come back to your contracting company or it's going to come back just on you as a whole and you might not be able to get another contract I mean, elsewhere co- i used to be a contractor so i know you've got you're disposable right right um so that's that's the whole point of crunch and that's the whole point of a lot of the uppers crunch. that are I'm in gonna start the industry keep, i'm gonna start keeping my ear out for for the word crunch i want to see if anyone's using it right crunch or um Crunch kind of has a negative connotation in a lot of the tech world, but you'll see if there's a lot of urgency around shipping. If, oh, we got this has got to ship, this has got to ship, or this has got to go live, or we have a go live date. A lot of these things are kind of code words that are replacing crunch. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to talk about crunch. Because crunch is essentially saying you need to work more than you should. That's exactly what crunch is. Work more than uh, a normal job. Work more than 40 hours. Work more than eight hours a day. That is what crunch is. But and with oh, the help of, of uh, something, right? It's not. It's hey, if you can work sixteen hours straight uh, without any of this stuff, like we just want you to work sixteen hours straight. That's what's important. Um, stop kicking things. What the fuck? My foot fell asleep. Uh, yeah, but th- that's 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 it. They d- they don't encourage you directly to take drugs. I mean, I'm sure I've had a manager in the past that. Uh, what did they? I mean, he didn't. He, he, he just encouraged he drugs said. in general. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's one of the many things wrong with the world today. Can I try some of your beer? You've tried this before. You don't like beer. This is lager beer. Uh-huh. I'm smelling it. This is my mukbang. You're going to spill all over yourself, aren't you? Delicious. <laughs> I don't know. It all tastes the same to me. So that's drugs in the tech industry. Gotcha. It's prevalent. Um, uh, I mean, even in a simple way, we talk about it a lot in IT. Pretty much everybody I've ever worked with, you survive on two things in IT. Caffeine and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Even as far back as to when I was working in retail uh, and in the the tech side of retail, you know, working at an Apple store, uh, shouts out to uh, overtime and... uh, pretty much being in a constant state of crunch for no fucking reason <laughs> because it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, but for some reason, I feel like I have to work harder and oh, I'm going to work. I'm going to do an overnight repair ship. Why? <laughs> for this fucking store? No, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. But, but uh, pretty much everybody there was like, oh yeah, we got to drink a lot of caffeine and then alcohol to, I to come this down. This is where your bad habits started. I don't have any bad habits. Yeah, because you're not all about alcohol and caffeine. Okay, so I don't drink very frequently. I have a couple of beers <laughs> while we're recording a podcast, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you will I drink have bad that entire habits. six pack tonight. It's a sex pack. A sex pack? <laughs> Damn straight, girl. It's a six pack. A six pack is not. We were when we were checking out uh, at Trader Joe's. They asked for both of our IDs, and I'm just looking at a six pack, and I'm thinking, who the fuck cares? <laughs> Like, I'm sure her boss cares or something. Or yeah, she she looked like maybe I would need to see her ID if well, she was buying I, a six pack. Oh, she yeah, for sure she did. And I looked at her name tag just to see if she was like a manager, and she wasn't. Because mm, mm. I was like, why is she? Why does she care so much yeah. and wants to ID me too? But I haven't been ID'd in a while, so sometimes it feels good. Yeah, I now always have that, to. Now that I'm young, uh, 
Not young? No, not that I'm not young. It's nice to be reminded that I can look young. I want to talk about your thing real quick, (laughs) just because it's just, it's such a sad topic. Okay, well, it's not. And you're going to make it funny, and then it's going to be like. (laughs) Well, more more specifically, I'm going to make it into a game. Oh, dear. Okay. So my topic that I wanted to bring in here is pedophiles. So hot right now. It's uh, like the it file. <laughs> it's the it file. Um, but I wanted to play a game called Are They a Pedophile? I'm just going to say yes to everyone. Uh, you might not want to do that. Okay. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a list of famous people okay. that, to be clear, so anybody that tells you, outside of me telling you this right now, anybody who tells you I believe you this, everything you tell me, so you should be careful what you say. You should. I'm always right. Uh <laughs> But outside of me, if somebody ever tries to tell you the specifics of, oh, that's technically not a pedophile. A pedophile is only between ages blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Anything above that is a, what is it, like a, a there's another Pedoph- file. Oh, there's like there three different areas of files before you get Never legal. Never heard of it. Anybody, like, if anybody knows the specific age cutoffs for that, guess what? They're a pedophile. Does that even... Who cares? Right. Oh, no. Somebody that is sexually attracted to people between the age of 12 and 15 is actually an aphibophile or whatever the (laughs) fuck it is. Like, okay, pedophile. I don't need to hear you talk about this. Uh, But I'm going to go through... Are there pictures? What? No, this is a bunch of famous people. You know who they are. Uh, So I will describe their relationships that they've had with people underage. Uh, Spoiler alert. They're all men. Uh, not to say there are not females that were on some of these lists. This is just more fun. Okay. Uh, so I will tell you. The pedophile famous, the Mary Kay Letourneau girl. Is that not a pedophile? That's a, is she? An aphibophile? <laughs> I don't fucking know. A rapist? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But then there's also like, um, what's the, dude? Sam, Sam Taylor Wood. Oh. And she, what's Aaron, yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron T- Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. Technically not pedophile. So that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be talking about. Okay. People that are dating somebody significantly younger than them. Some of them might even be legal. Some of them might be over the age of 18. Uh, but I want you to tell me if you believe in your heart of hearts that person is a pedophile. Uh, just a little bit of foreshadowing. Some of these people you might like. Okay. Um, Go so, on. Number one. We'll start off with uh, an obvious and famous one. But are they a pedophile? Elvis Presley. So here's how this is going to start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elvis Presley was 25 when he met and began courting Priscilla Presley, who was the age of 14. Yes. Elvis Presley is a pedophile. (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, What I want you to do, I don't want you to say yes or no. I want you to say their name. Pedo? No, I want you to say, I want you to say (laughs) in this example, Elvis Presley is a pedophile. You want me to give you the sound bite? Yes. Um, R. Kelly. Oh, so pedo- <laughs> R. Kelly is a pedophile. Okay. So for people that aren't aware of what we're speaking of specifically, nothing, this isn't even going to be about his uh, court cases and any of the other stuff. This is specifically talking about him marrying Aaliyah. Him marrying Aaliyah. So Aaliyah, uh, at the time, they he helped write and produce the album Age Ain't Nothing But a Number uh, when she was 14. They then began a relationship afterwards um, when she was 15. 
Yeah, he was 27-ish. Um, uh, I'm going to stick with the men, because I just saw somebody that you would just say is a pedophile, given the opportunity. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> she dated somebody that was 18 when she was... Um, I, as much as I hate Taylor she's Swift, not I don't think she's a pedophile. No. Jerry Seinfeld. So Jerry Seinfeld was uh, 39 at the time. Mm-hmm. 39. And... It, like actively filming the show Seinfeld, mm-hmm. he fell in love, quote quote, uh, with a high school student, uh, the age seventeen, Shoshana Lonestein. Uh, he needed to get permission to begin dating her from her parents. Thirty nine gave it to him, right? right? Of course. So. I don't think that's a pedophile. Okay. My question is, and this is going to come up in a few of these, um, what what do you have to talk about? Like, what is your relationship based on? It's just sex. It has to be sex. So you want to have sex with a young girl. Yes. That is it. You guys are not con- connecting on any level than that, and any guy who says that is full of shit. Uh, we're going to get the, the one at the very end of this uh, is, is definitely a kicker on that. Uh, Robin Thicke. So Robin Thicke, after his divorce of uh, Paul Patton, began dating a 19-year-old. Uh, I don't know exactly how old he was. Much older than 19. He has a new baby mama. Is that her? I think so. Because uh, this was when they divorced. This is an older article I'm looking at here. I have a couple of sources. But uh, this one was saying when they filed for divorce in 2014, he began dating a 19-year-old model. Um, and they. this was two years after that they were still dating. I don't think. No. I don't think so either. I think he just likes young women. Um Wilmer Valderrama. This is the only person on this particular resource uh, that they actually mentioned three separate individuals. Yep. So Wilmer Valderrama. Who this, are it? Mandy Moore, Lindsay Lohan, Demi Lovato. 16, 17, 17. Uh, started when he was 24. Not as bad. But by the time he got through all the rest of these, uh, he was 30 dating 17-year-old Demi Lovato. Yeah. He always also uh, div- uh, breaks up with these women before they're legal. I don't think that's a pedophile. I think that's um, a disgusting. Okay. <laughs> okay. John Mayer. Uh, this is Taylor Swift when she was 19. He was 32. Man, no. They probably think they're like so deep in the studio, falling in love, writing songs, bullshit, playing guitar. You think that they might have a connection. He's like, ah, oh, she's legal, whatever. She's mature for her age. It's, you know. But then you really get down to the nitty gritty and these people are not as mature as you think. And it can go both ways. Sometimes the older person is not as mature as you would think a 40-year-old should be. So with that being said, uh, Joel Madden dating 16-year-old Hillary, Hillary Duff when he was 26. I'm going to say pedophile. Even though that now he's with somebody more similar to his age. Yes, Nicole and for a Richie. long time. Right. But I was always creeped out by that relationship. Okay. okay. This one is a touchy subject. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Oh, dear. So this one is more specifically about when he met Too and uh, started dating his wife, Vanessa. Yes. Uh, she was 17. He was 21. That's nothing. Right. Uh, I mean, so the age, whatever. She's. I also think in some of these cases, especially with musicians, a lot of musicians are on this list. There's a state of when you become popular, when you start to develop your um, public life, you're kind of stuck in that mindset. 
So Kobe Bryant started to gain a lot of attention and gained a, a public life essentially when he was in high school. So he's always kind of been in that mindset of I'm always famous. He's in a suspended adolescence. He was. He was. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Non-pedophile Kobe Bryant. Uh, Although, isn't there other stuff with him we're not going to mention? We're not going to mention. Specifically (laughs) about relationships that they were. I feel like P.P. was involved. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. But it was an underage girl. Yes. Having, he had an affair. Um, (laughs) Tyga. With Kylie? He was 24. She was 16. No. Because she was a hypersexualized 16. Gross. In many ways and for many reasons and uh, because of many people, but no, not a pedophile. I'm going to say no. Okay. Chad Michael Murray. He was 25. With Kenzie. Uh, Kenzie Dalton, Dalton, who was 17 at the time. She was in high school. Anytime I feel like when you have to go to high school, it's gross. And But you know she's the one to be like, oh yeah, my boyfriend's Chad Michael Murray. She's he, like he proposed to her uh, when she was in high school. Ew. That, nothing came out of that. No. I don't think it's a pedophile, though. Again, it's just gross. They were engaged for seven years before they... They never got married. But I, I know this. I, I know you know I know this. everything about Jalik. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to save that particular one for later. Let me move over here. How many are there? Oh, there's a lot of people. Um, Milo Ventimiglia. Oh. He was 29 when oh, he began Hayden. dating Hayden Panettiere at 17. I forgot about them. He, almost 30, yep. dating a high school student. Yeah. I'm 31, so it would be like me dating a high school student. Oh, Obviously, we're married, but... Uh, <laughs> I would be so mad. <laughs> I would really have to question your mental health at this point. So, you're questioning Milo Ventimiglia's mental health. Kind of, yeah. I right. Th- I think it has a lot to do with when you hit... 30 or about to hit 30 it's that quarter life uh, crisis or Mm -hmm. whatever it is where it's like i'm getting older now i need to be young and so i'm going to surround myself with younger people and i think that's what happens when you get older renee angelil pedophile so that so for people that are listening that he okay so here's why it's creepy yeah uh renee angelil was the Husband eventually, but also I think just producer, record label executive, whatever, uh, of Celine Dion. Uh, began, he first met her when she was 12. Yes. And I think they were in a relationship when she was like 14 or something like that, right? I don't know when they started their relationship. Uh, it doesn't say in this. This article has less info, uh, but it has both people's ages. Um, but that kind of brings me to a more controversial person, which is Drake. So this comes down to the concept of even if you're not in a relationship with people, having conversations and being friends with a lot of younger people. Same thing with Michael Jackson. That's like that's a it's called grooming. It's called uh, there's a name for it when you're when you're like talking to young girls in Drake's case. I think that's multiple, what Wilmer Valderrama does too. He grooms. Yeah. Right. So you're like talking to women about relationships and men and all that, and then. You're like, okay, now they're ready for me. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Do you remember when, it, like, the Olsen twins were about to turn 18? There was, like, so, there was a countdown. countdown. It's so fucking gross. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? I don't think anybody wants to fuck the Olsen twins anymore. No. Um, so now we're going to get into, this is the last bit. Uh, these are musicians specifically, and a lot of these are older musicians. We're talking about 
primarily in the 70s. I'm talking about like Mick Jagger and... Uh, first person here is Jimmy Page. So Jimmy Page had a girlfriend. Uh, he started calling her his girlfriend. Lori Maddox, she actually comes up a couple of times with multiple people. Uh, she was 14. Did she, and she probably lied about her age if she's like a groupie. Uh, so I believe Lori Maddox was part of what was considered in England at the time. Um, the I think they called themselves the baby groupies. Mm. It was a bunch of like 14, 15 year old girls. Where are the parents girls. of these girls? I don't know. So is Jimmy Page a pedophile? Yes. I think he's probably in a FIBA file. Yeah. Mm. He likes uh, young post-pubescent. Yes. So they, they've hit puberty, but young <laughs> girls. Uh, also having slept with the, yep, baby groupie uh, Lori Maddox is Mick Jagger. Yeah. Also a pedophile. Steven Tyler. He was dating a 16-year-old, Julie Holcomb. Uh, he convinced her mother to make him the legal guardian. This actually, ha- this is a common thread. This happens a couple of times with a couple of different people. So you become legal guardian? So you He essentially adopts her. Yeah. That... 16. I want you to keep that in mind. He became a legal guardian of Pedophile. her at 16. There's somebody who's worse. Whose parents let you do this? Uh, another Lori Maddox. This person uh, is the person that is reported to have taken the virginity of Lori Maddox mm-hmm. at 15, which doesn't correspond exactly with a lot of these things. David Bowie. Mm, one of your idols. Uh, it's hard when you like the person. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, it's no different, right? Pedophile. See, I don't know if any of these people I would consider pedophiles, and that I don't other know if it's file. a feeble file. But that's also like, it doesn't track with all. Some of them have continuously slept with underage women. So if it's a one-time thing, and he's not adopting the girl, then it's fine. I mean, Steven Tyler adopted a woman. Yeah, a girl. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis married his thirteen-year-old yes, cousin. Pedophile. Okay. All right. What about... Um, we already talked about Elvis Presley. He's Woody Allen. Woody Allen is another one of... The, he was on the list. I skipped him because there's a lot of like obvious ones. Like Roman Polanski, we don't need to talk about. Uh, I okay. think there's. I think it's Go more on. You layered. like the musician ones? Yeah. Uh, so this is the one that I said was uh, worse because there's two accounts of this. Mm-hmm. One is Ted Nugent. He adopted a 17-year-old girl so he could sleep with her without getting charged for kidnapping from her parents. Oh, my God. Her parents did not approve. Uh, pedophile. Yeah. Uh, also Ted Nugent. Um, Courtney Love says that she performed oral sex on Ted Nugent when she was, get this, 12. That says so much. He also once wrote a song, um, about avoiding pedophilia charges by forcing a 13-year-old girl to have sex with a cop. So, you know, if she had sex with a cop, he can't get charged. Wow. Yeah, that's a song he wrote. He's like the worst kind of person. Ted Nugent is is fucking terrible. So also, I'm going to put a little bit of a pause on this because he's not on any of these lists. But this started because I heard a story about how Anthony Kiedis had sex Uh with a 14-year-old twice. Uh um, 14-year-old twice. And that was the inspiration behind the song uh, Catholic School Girls Rule. Because she was a Catholic school girl. And he has received no flack for this at all. And uh, I and remember when you were saying that it's like I think it has to do with people. Actually, Anthony Kiedis was next on this list. I'm sorry, my bad. He was 23; she was 14. I just don't think anybody cares about Anthony Kiedis, and that's why they can get away with it. Plus, I also think it's like one: it's that boys being boys. But this was also this was this was a while like this was early on. This was early Red Hot Chili Peppers it's like, before if California. You're a musician, I think 
people expect that from you, which is sad, but true. I because think it also, happens so frequently right. that they're like, okay, this is this is just how part of being a musician. And I think they also buy into that too. Right. I think also with musicians, especially touring musicians, especially in a lot of these early rock and roll things, you're touring a lot, you're having sex with people every night, uh, and you're, one of them might be a groupie that is 14. You might not like have a conversation with her beforehand, but she just happens to be 14. And... I mean, like you're not asking questions. You're not. Maybe every girl starts to look the same after a while. Right. But this is this one's different. Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones was 47 years old when he began dating 13 year old Mandy Smith. Pedophile. Yes. This was uh, not during the Rolling Stones heyday. This was in the 90s. Marvin Gaye uh, had an affair with his 15 year old niece. Ew. Pedophile. Marvin Gaye. Don't know if we can. <laughs> Why did you say that again? Because he's Marvin fucking gay. I he also Marvin fucked a fourteen year old niece. Uh, Man, that is not Iggy okay. Pop. That's also incest and yeah. rape and all the things. Iggy Pop uh, slept with a thirteen year old girl in the early Stooges days. Does this not make you sad about the people who you listen to? So with this, I'm. Not to make excuses for it, this is gross. I think even Iggy Pop would say at this point in time that was very gross. Uh, but I'm sure he was on drugs, and I'm sure he was sleeping with people every night, and I'm sure he didn't seek out, or he didn't go to high school like some of these I'm people saying, did. Like I know there's reasons as to why this is happening. Like maybe these are not, you know, they're doing pedophilic things, mm-hmm. but are they actual pedophiles? I think you know, I I don't I don't know if that's the case. Chuck Berry picked up a 14-year-old prostitute. Yeah, but she's a prostitute. She's 14. I know, but she's a prostitute. Maybe he just thought prostitute and not 14-year-old prostitute. Don Henley from the Eagles How got high with a 16 and 15-year-old girl. Okay, all right. Is there a, is there an end to this list? Uh, not all of these are underage. Uh, oh, there is definitely an end to this list because I think it's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, Jesse Lacey from the band uh, Brand New. We talked about this. A lot of the um, screamo, emo, the warp Tour type of bands, they're all fucking pedophiles. They're all fucking... I'm sorry, everybody. Those are the only girls that like their music. Or boys that like their music. They're all like 25-year-old guys that keep thinking about their high school time. And all they write is about high school. There's been so many accounts of people that say, oh, yeah, you know... Uh, Burt McCracken from the U's showed up at my uh, I was in high school and he showed up at my house party and was talking to all the girls and I thought it was cool at the time now I'm in my mid-20s or 30s and I think back on that I'm like why the fuck was Burt McCracken at my fucking house party not me personally this is what I've heard uh, other people talk about Um, so the last one to kick off this list uh, Dane Cook have you heard about Dane Cook's girlfriend currently um I kind of so not Dane, really, because Dane Cook is really not on my radar. He's not on anybody's radar. Dane Cook is 45. Okay. Uh, or he's, he's older than that now. But at the time when he began his relationship with this woman, he was 45. She was 18. Uh, which, okay, legal, whatever. But he also said uh, he has been friends with her for many years. So this comes back to, why the fuck is 45-year-old Dane Cook friends with a teenager? Is he friends with the dad of this teenager? No. There have been a lot of Instagram posts from the girl when she was like 16 or 15, like at parties with friends. And Dane Cook would just be in the group of friends. Dane Cook would have had to have sought out 
teenagers to hang out with and then he started fucking one of them and went public with a relationship when she was finally 18 is dan cook a pedophile yes dan cook's a pedophile i don't need you to answer this you don't need to yell i'm sorry i hate pedophiles i know you are a little lukewarm on them okay excuse me now we're just gonna be spreading lies that's Uh, what is that called when you the gaslighting no defamatory Uh uh-huh Defamation. Defamation, yes. Mm, of mm. character. Uh, so we already knew that every billionaire is a pedophile. Uh, but now we know that a lot more people are pedophiles. A lot of poorer people. A lot of millionaires are pedophiles. <laughs> a lot of people that uh, have sex a lot. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people that have sex, I'm sure with adults, might occasionally have sex with a kid. Yeah, they don't discriminate at all, do they? Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. You done? Yep. Did you get that all out? <laughs> I still think Jerry Seinfeld's a pedophile. Okay. That's fine. Mm. I, I, I nothing Jerry Seinfeld. Also, anymore. Drake is a pedophile. We agreed on that, right? Drake's a pedophile. Cool. Drake's a pedophile. We didn't talk about that. You have such harsh feelings towards Drake. Drake is only connected with young women and for some reason J-Lo, but I think that was just to cover for his pedophilia. I, you think he's, I think he's gay. I think he's a pedophile. Interesting. <laughs> Getting both two different reads on Drake. Okay, switching gears now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, maybe we should have saved dripping for for the end because it's kind of weird to transition to this. Now. No transition. Well, um, <laughs> uh, recently this is a life experience of mine. Um, I went through a, a ticket buying process. <laughs> <laughs> See, nothing was going to work. No, 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 work. keep going, keep going. Nothing was going to work from pedophilia to something else. Climb like, out of this hole. Let's go. Let's do it. I just want to, I, we, we, we ranted in the last episode. I don't have a rant, but I recently went through an experience buying tickets to a certain band whom I love, but will not mention because I'm not a clout chaser. Mm-hmm. Um, the ticket process was not easy. Right. Through Ticketmaster. Uh-huh. I'll call them out. Right. It was expensive mm-hmm. and stressful, mm-hmm. and uh, there were many tweets that I've read where they called Ticketmaster like, "Yeah, we're gonna hold some of the tickets, some of the VIP tickets, um, right. and we're gonna release them throughout the three day process that was happening there." Of course, they released it all on the first day, and all on the first day they were all sold out for right. both shows that I wanted to go to. Right. Um, I don't. Yeah. So come we finally come on. Right. <laughs> Can so you me? yes, I I, me, I will I will dive into this. So we did finally get your tickets for BTS. That worked. Uh, <laughs> <we finally laughs> what did got, I say? What did I say? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we so we we bought tickets from Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster, of course, uh, you have the issue with all it's of the so tickets stressful. that they that they hold, and then they're like, oh, you have to buy them at this time, and you have to all that. But something that you didn't even mention is all the fees that are associated with tickets so for many absolutely fees. no fucking reason. A convenience fee. I was very inconvenienced. <laughs> right. So, okay. The convenience. So, you might have forgotten this, but I used to sell tickets. I uh, No, Stephen, how can I forget that? I worked at tickets.com. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I answered phones. You had humble beginnings. Uh, yeah. You I, stuffed tickets into I envelopes? I stuffed tickets into envelopes to mail them out. I answered the phones and I sold tickets across 
the United States <laughs> of America across multiple systems. They were arcane. They were terrible systems based on old software, whatever. But uh, so the whole point of it is let's dive into the intricacies of tickets and fees. We have wet laundry still. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so I, we're, we're, we're nearing the end yeah, of, we are. of our episode. Uh, but okay. So the reason why, do you know why there are, is all these fees? Um, you don't, it's fine. Okay. So the reason why there's all these fees, you're not going to even let me guess. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so the reason why there's all these fees is because, um, a performance gets put on at a venue. The mm-hmm. venue needs to make money off of this performance. So that obviously they charge a specific markup on the admission. They give a certain cut to the group. And that's not part of the tickets? The ticket prices themselves. Yes, it I paid is. I paid so 300-something me... dollars for my ticket. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's the markup that the venue makes off of the act that's performing. The performer then gets however much money they want. If the ticket prices are expensive, ladies and gentlemen, from the marked price at the venue, the reason for that is the act, the managers are charging that much because they want that much of the rake. The venue, they do make certain, you know, they'll make a little bit more here and there depending on who the act is that comes through. But if you see an act that's, if you see like uh, the Rose Bowl or whatever, they have somebody coming through Staples Center and you see one night they have a show and that person, those tickets are $200. And then the next night you see a show and it's $300. Staples Center in that case is probably not making a significant uh, amount more on the margin. The reason why those tickets are more expensive is because the managers or whoever uh, negotiated those ticket prices want a larger take home from the venue. Uh, anyway, so there's that. Uh, but that's all from the venue. So if you go to the box office, you obviously Nobody don't have to, to the pay box that. office anymore. And why? Because it's not convenient. <laughs> I would, I Thus would the convenient go. fee. So that's where you have the ticket resellers, no, your ticket master, some, so tickets. Have you come com. across where people are charging you to print out your ticket? They're like two dollars to print out your ticket. That, right. that's fucking bullshit. That's greed, uh, and the reason <laughs> the reason why they're doing that uh, is because um, greed, obviously. But it's because they're losing money because they make a shitload of money from physically printing out the tickets. They're losing some sort of uh, amount on the shipping and handling because the shipping of the tickets, as somebody who used to stuff tickets, uh, is on very cheap labor, and it's a very inexpensive process to ship those tickets to you. So if they charge six ninety nine or whatever, seven ninety nine, ten dollars to ship you the tickets, not counting the convenience fee. The convenience fee is what Ticketmaster or whatever, that's the money they're making. They're not making money. If if Staples Center is charging three hundred dollars, Ticketmaster can't sell those tickets for three hundred dollars because Staples Center still wants that entire cut. So they have to find a way to make money somehow. So they're making money off the convenience fee. That's the rake they're getting. So if you're buying money, if you're buying tickets from Ticketmaster, what they are getting back? Ticketmaster has the monopoly on tickets. Right. Sure. But that is like it is cheaper obviously to buy directly from the venue because it it makes sense. Ticketmaster is a no business. Third party. How is Ticketmaster going to make money if they don't charge a convenience fee? I don't know. They have Ads. To. Sure. <laughs> or they can have a relation, and in many cases, they do have a relationship with a venue exactly. for exclusive like rights I to said, sell. Exactly. But credit card companies, when you get that that Mastercard, um, but you also have to pay. Sale. So, from working at you know tech companies, you to 
for you to buy something from a website, that website has to pay, unless if they engineer in-house a payment processing system, they have to outsource to a payment processing right. system. They have to pay for that. So you are giving them, if you're giving them $5 for a product that costs $5, uh, even if they charge $6 for that, some of that money is going to go to actually process that payment. So I want to stay mad, but you're like... No, stay mad. Okay, good. Because ultimately, the people that are responsible for this are the management and the venues. But also the entire process. So it's not even just about the money, but right. the process in itself with right. Ticketmaster. This is... Um, they did not handle the ticketing system well. Right. And believe the me... Queue, the people that work at these companies, speaking as one of them, <laughs> uh, and my sister did the same thing. Like you got to say, well, what you will say whatever to what get people off the phone. We'll would. say whatever to get people off. I've told people that there are no tickets for things that had tickets uh, <laughs> because I knew that they wouldn't want the tickets that were available. Yeah, uh, I have. Uh, if people were nicer, I would find better tickets. Right. Uh, I knew that some people were holding tickets and it wasn't for something that was explicitly saying they were going to be holding tickets. Uh, my sister has bought tickets before things were announced and given to people. It's past the statute of limitations. There's no specifics on this. Uh, I didn't even say what company she worked for. Um, but yeah, like the people who work at these things. So when you see that there's like a hundred tickets available for something that's being sold online, the people that work at these places will find a way to get some of those tickets first. So if anybody there that works at Ticketmaster, if they want tickets, they got first dibs. Damn, do I need to work at Ticketmaster? No, because that's <laughs> terrible. Those jobs are terrible. And everybody, everybody out there, listen to me very carefully. This comes back to our vacation that we're about to take. Take your vacations and steal from your company. <laughs> it's very important to do those two things. I take sodas. It doesn't matter what it is. Steal time. Steal something from your company because nobody is paying laborers correctly. Any company that's making an exorbitant amount of a profit, a profit means they are underpaying their workers. That's it. Okay. Okay. Workers, fight back. Take your labor. Own your time. Steal pens. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Take your tickets because you are being equal. underpaid. Equal, equalize. They're forcing you to crunch. They're forcing you to uh, take drugs. Mm -hmm. uh, and guess what? If they don't need you anymore or they find somebody that's less expensive, they will kick your ass to the fucking curb and get somebody that's cheaper. So steal from your employer. Okay. Will do. We're going to go dry our laundry. Yeah, I think it's time. And take our vacation. Take your vacation time, people. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Do we have an outro song? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, did you prepare this one? I did not prepare this one. It's going to be completely opposite from the thing we just heard. Yeah. Um, do you have any closing remarks, closing words? Um, I'd like to say thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I'm sorry we talked about pedophiles. Um. I did learn a lot today about ticketing systems and who fucks who, whom, who fucks who, whom fuck who. <laughs> Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Arrivederci. Uh,
you see me and you see terror I got stripes like a flag bearer Peggy Peggy, I'm the new young Mayweather I'm just trying to take hip-hop out the Drake era Fuck a mob, fuck the squad, fuck your mans and them You singing ass, niggas don't know how to be men I hit your baby mama, get that bitch a new tan And tore that greasy shit and hit him with a new dance Oh my god, Peggy Peggy, you're so good Fuck whoever set you up to no good Cause I'm the man in the street The man with the beats and the man holding like I drop science, drop a body off like a drop client, drop six, drop top, drop FaceTime, I give a fuck about peace, I spit hate crimes. Ooh.